This is Dr. Carissa Hines of Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Information without understanding is not very helpful. Talk with the doctor and feel like you're talking to a friend. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Atlanta. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are tuned in to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Um, This is a very powerful, very exciting uh, session that we're having this this today. Um, And um, the intro music kind of gives a little bit of a hint as to what we will be uh, talking about today. Um, That song was uh, Superwoman by... Uh, the wonderful, the incomparable uh, Stevie Wonder. And so today we're going to be talking about the narrative of the strong black woman or the superwoman um, as it applies. Um, because, you know, um, that seems to be a, a thing uh, to be a, a strong black woman. Um, but in, in many ways that can be damaging. Um, and so our guests that will will come on a little bit later um, will 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 get into that and, and talk about um, that narrative and how that is damaging and what things we can do to overcome that. So uh, let's get started here. Um, let me just say before I get into our topic today that I have a little bit of programming note. Um, so last week we had Mr. Brian Ford on with us for our first installment of a monthly segment called uh, Medis- Money in Medicine. And I forgot to tell you how to get in contact with Brian. Um, and so uh, Mr. Brian Ford is with Northwestern Mutual. And hold on one second and I'm going to get his contact information up. Let's see here. Here we go. So you can reach Mr. Brian Ford for all of your wealth planning uh questions and services that you need. Uh, Mr. Brian Ford is with Northwestern Mutual. He can be reached by email at brian.ford at nm.com or by phone 404-846-4848. And he is also on the gram at BKF Wealthologist. That's B-K-F-W-E-A-L-T-H-O-L-O-G-I-S-T. Now, 
let's get into the strong black woman. So um, when I was a kid, there was this commercial for a, a perfume called Anjali. So now if you, this would have been like in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, perhaps if you were glued to the TV um, as I was. And so um, the jingle went, um, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan and never ever let you forget you're a man because I'm a woman y'all remember that anybody anybody old enough to remember that with me um and so you know that commercial you know and they sang it and I'm not going to sing because you know I don't want to be responsible for any kind of ear damage um there that is not my that is not my uh skill set so but anyway I wanted to be that woman right um because she had everything. She was everything, right? So she was doing it all. You know, she was going out and working, and then she was bringing it back home and creating this home environment that was wonderful. You know, she was everything to her man, and she smelled good. You know, who wouldn't want to be this woman, right? Now, of course, I was too young to wear perfume at that time, um, but I just said, you know, if I ever got to the point of wearing um, wearing perfume, that I would wear this Anjali, right? And let me see here. So I, I would wear this perfume and, and I would live the life um, of this jingle, right? So, you know, growing up in the 80s, um, it was very much so about women's empowerment. That was the message that was in commercials like this one for Anjali. Um, and that message was that I could have it all, you know, because we were coming, um, you know, out of the 60s, out of the 70s, women were leaving their home as domestic uh, homemakers and entering into um, corporate society. And, you know, climbing those ladders and breaking out of, um, I guess, the established or the expected role um, that a woman would have, right? So in that message of I can have it all, I can have a marriage, I can have a family, I can have a rewarding career, I can manage a household, I can have personal pursuits, I can have meaningful friendships, I can travel, I can do all of these things, right? So we were told that we could have it all, but I don't ever remember seeing a commercial or, you know, any kind of reading material or anything that talked about um, any discussion surrounding the cost of having it all, right? Because yes, you can have it all, but, and yes, it is not free, right? And so enters uh, Superwoman. You know, we all know at least one woman that we could describe in this way, right? So she's got all of her ish together, always, right? Hair's done, nail done, everything did, right? Like the song. Um, she manages all the things and people in her life with grace and with a smile, and she never seems to be phased by anything. She never seems to get tired. She handles adversity with the greatest of ease. Um, she juggles so many things all at once with an expert skill level 
um, you know, that leaves people wondering, like, how does she do all of these things, right? She never lets anything or anyone get her down. And if she is down, she doesn't stay there for very long, right? And you may not even notice that she's having a down period because she's got to be on, right? She is never defeated and she always makes a way out of no way, like we say, right? She seems to just do the impossible. You know, it almost is like she could defy gravity and, and leap tall buildings in a single bound and be bulletproof. You know, this is how we, we think of these super women um, and these strong black women that we know who are our our grandmothers, our mothers, our aunts, our sisters, our cousins, our friends. Um, you know, this superwoman, she is simultaneously lover, wife, mother, friend, co-worker, boss, backbone of the family, pillar of the community, nurse, doctor, counselor, confidant. Y'all get it, right? She is everything. She is every woman. And just in reading that, all of those roles that this superwoman takes on, I'm exhausted just reading all of that. I need a nap, like right now, seriously. She is the superwoman. And for African-American women, she can be sometimes described as the strong black woman, right? She is me, I am her, we are tired. My guest today is Dr. Melva Green, and when we come back uh, from the break, we will discuss the ways in which um, this narrative and imagery and archetype of um, the, the superwoman and the strong black woman um, and the expectations that come along with that um, can be harming us. But first, we are going to take a brief commercial break. And when we come back from break, we will have Dr. Green on for this wonderful, engaging and informative discussion. This is Dr. Carissa Hines. You're on with Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa, and I will see y'all on the other side of the break. This is fashion designer Edmund Newton. I'd like to tell you about Enmask.com. Enmask.com is my only source for non-surgical cloth masks. I've teamed up with Enmask.com to create and design a collection of limited edition masks. These masks are washable, reusable, breathable, and most importantly, fashionable. Shop online now at Enmask.com. That's E-N-M-A-S-K-S.com for quality masks made in America. Life happens, and when it does, the law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood is the law firm people turn to for planning and managing their legal affairs and protecting their current and future assets. The firm specializes in wealth protection through legal services that include estate planning, probate administration, and guardianship. This law firm promises to be truthful and honest, provide personalized attention, and they are focused on results that best suit your needs. For a consultation, contact them today at 404-584-5555 or visit them on the web at adjp 
PCLaw.com. The law firm of Althea DeBar Johnson, PC, and Tamara Wood, helping you plan for today and for the future so you can get on with the business of living. back from the commercial break. This is Dr. Carissa Hines, and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. We are here on Real 1100 AM every Thursday at 11 AM. And today it is my pleasure to introduce to you my very good friend, Dr. Melva Green. So I'm going to tell you a little bit, um, you know, so first of all, I I think I have the most fabulous friends um, because these women and some men too are just doing the most amazing things in just all different areas. And, you know, these are the the super women that I get inspiration from. And um, I'm happy to tell you that Dr. Melva Green is one of those women. So a little bit um, about Dr. Green. So Dr. Green and I both attended Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Meharry family. Um, And she, from there, went on uh, to Johns Hopkins. Uh, She is a Johns Hopkins trained psychiatrist specializing in hoarding disorder and severe chronic disorganization. Uh, Dr. Green has appeared on the A&E Network television show Hoarders uh, for its last eight seasons. Uh, Dr. Green has held a long and steady history as a media contributor on several major networks, as well as regional news, radio broadcasts, podcasts, and print. Dr. Green is the co-author of Breathing Room, Open Your Heart by Decluttering Your Home, published by Simon & Schuster, Atria, and shows no signs of letting up in her dedication to educate the community at large on ways to holistically address behavioral health and emotional well-being. Dr. Melva Green's mantra is moving psychiatry from the couch to the community. I love that. And so, listeners, if you would please join me in welcoming my fabulous friend, Dr. Melva Green, to the show. Dr. Green. Hey, love. How are you? (laughs) 
I am exceptional, and you know I'm super excited to be having this discussion today. I've been like, I could barely sleep last night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's so wonderful. I just love that. You know, because when I asked you on the show and I thought about this, because, you know, over the years you and I have had conversations um, Mm -hmm. about being a woman, being a black woman in medicine and, you know, trying to have a family and and basically trying to be that woman from the Anjali commercial, um, you know, of, 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 you know, bringing home the bacon, frying it up, you know, but it seems like from that time to this time, not only is she bringing home the bacon, she's raising the pig, she's got to go out and slaughter it. (laughs) She's curing the bacon. She's cooking the bacon. You know, I'm just like, oh my God, I almost hate bacon. You know what I'm saying? And I love bacon. But it's just so, so much going on. So let's get started with the first question that I sent you is, you know, what gave rise to this strong black woman archetype? So Melissa Harris Perry really breaks this down in her book, uh, Sister Citizen, Shame, Stereotypes, and Black Women in America, way better than I can do in, in this time allowed. Um, but essentially, this archetype was constructed to counter the tropes like the Mammy, mm-hmm. the Jezebel, mm-hmm. the Sapphire, and, and just a little bit, you know, the Mammy is the, the asexual grandmother type who you know, takes care of everybody else's children, you know, completely self, you know, sacrificing. The Jezebel, of course, is the hypersexualized, insatiable um, black woman. The Sapphire, we know her more more clearly or more, we're able to recognize her clearer as the, the angry black woman stereotype, mm-hmm. the one who's, who emasculates men, who's loud, um, who ostracizes everyone, right? Mm-hmm. So... So this, this archetype was actually constructed to, to counter that, right, to create a new narrative. But the, the shadow side of it, if you will, is that it's now subconsciously embedded in us so deeply, so ingrained that we've, we've kind of missed the cues um, of, 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 being, of trying to be too strong. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and not recognizing when when we actually need help. And we, we need support. Right. Right. And so, you know, that that's one of the things that, you know, when we talk about and why I thought about you, um, particularly because you have been, um, you know, through hoarders and such so instrumental in helping so many people to see even through being, you know, a hoarder, how damaging just something as small as I want to hold on to this can be because it builds and it builds and it builds. And I think it's the same thing as um, with this, this strong woman architect, the strong, strong black woman that, you know, we are holding on to so many things all at once. Um, It is difficult to ask for help. And, you know, and I have even found that myself that, you know, there are times where, you know, you just kind of think to yourself that you don't want to be a burden onto Mm. anyone else Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. everyone else is struggling with something because we all know, you know, we all have at least one girlfriend who is going through something at any given point in time. Right. And that girlfriend may be your go-to, but you feel like, you know, I can't put just one more thing on her, Mm -hmm. but you Mm -hmm. yourself are struggling and maybe even drowning. 
in right. whatever it is that you need help with. Why is it so hard for us as women in general and as black women in particular to reach out and ask for that help? Well, that's part of the strong black woman schema. Mm-hmm. Um, this perception that we're, we, we have to do it all ourselves, mm-hmm. that, that asking for help is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And, and more importantly, it's a sign of, of failure. You know, there's this perception that you've got to succeed no matter what, no matter how tired you are, no matter how limited your resources are, you have to you have to get it done. It's almost as if it's a re- yeah. It's mm-hmm. almost as if it's a reflection of your whole entire community, mm-hmm. right? If if you reach out for help, um, it's it's oftentimes a sign of failure and also a sign of a lack of faith as well. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that um, many women struggle with is they're not able to get the support of another, uh, a friend, a family member, because there is this. This, this idea, this mindset that, well, you just need to pray it through. I mean, look at the things that we've endured. We've survived the middle passage. We're right. still here. So right. whatever you're going through, it can't, hard, it can't possibly be that heavy, can't you be know, as bad with, the, as that. with the things that we've endured. Right. right. So there's an overlooking of the trauma. There's mm-hmm. an overlooking um, or a minimizing of the pain that someone may be experiencing, the emotional pain that they may be experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's so interwoven into how we look at things and how we see one another that we oftentimes end up further burdening each other, further re-traumatizing each other mm-hmm. because we are, again, not seen, right? So right. we speak up and we're not heard. Right. Or and in the case of of being an African-American woman, if you speak up and you are passionate about whatever that you're talking about, then that gets taken as you are aggressive or angry. Um, Whereas, you know, sometimes you are angry. Right. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And and, right, and that's right. what I find like for me in work environments that, you know, if there is something that I'm angry about, it's almost as if I don't have the right to anger. I don't have the right to right. be angry, to feel angry, to express angry. Because right. I don't want to be perceived as that's all that she is. Now never mind, I can come to work every other day smiling, but this one day that I'm not smiling, oh my God, you know. Right. What's well, that's how on? resilience is weaponized, mm-hmm. right? So you're you're expected to be resilient. You're expected to get it done, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So when you have a problem or when there's a crack in your foundation and you express, you know, that there's something off here, there's something wrong here, then there is this other piece of it that is, you know, in the in the in the psyche of the other, thinking, no, you're you're supposed to be resilient. You're not allowed to have a problem. So on top of it being, you're not allowed to express anything in a way that appears passionate or angry. The other piece of that is, you should have worked that out. Right. <laughs> you know, you shouldn't even be bringing this to me. Right. <laughs> right. And so, on a very subtle level, you know, the the perception of your, you know required resilience is then weaponized against you. Mm-hmm. And I, I know, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak about myself a lot today, um, that one of the things like when we talk about 
you should have worked that out that, you know, in, in many ways I have convinced myself that I'm the only one that can do it the way it needs to be done. <laughs> I, I know you're laughing at me because you know me. <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, and I think that, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. Now, you are surrounding yourself by in, intelligent and capable people. How, how is it that you have managed to convince yourself that you are the only one that can do it right? Mm-hmm. And I find for me personally that that limits me, that I limit myself, that belief limits me in reaching out for help because I, I automatically tell myself they ain't going to do it right anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even, I'm just going to have to do it once they mess it up. And so I may as well just go ahead and just do it myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that feeds into that your that expectation of capability as well. That, you know, we get boosted up for those of us who have um, reached a certain level of success. Like, for example, you and I, we have probably been told that we are smart and capable and all of these wonderful things all your life. Never have you been told that it's okay for you to be vulnerable Never have you been told that it's okay for you to not be stellar because there's always in in the community as well. There's there's that mantra that, you know, you got to be twice as good. So, you know, that adds that that additional pressure to that. Am I am I right? Yeah, I think by and large, absolutely. That is the narrative that most of us have um, constructed or had constructed for us. I Mm -hmm. I actually have, you know, a slight deviation. I was fortunate to have um, a grandmother, my mother's mother, who who really encouraged my mother, and I witnessed it, to get help. You know, like, my nice. mother is a pharmacist. She was in pharmacy school when she, you know, when we were little. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was like, you need help. You need help with these children. You need help with this laundry. You you need help, mm-hmm. you know. And so I I was, I think that actually has was always a, a a beautiful seed that has continued to, to nourish, to be nourished and harvested. Um, the fruit of it's been harvested because I'm able to recognize and have been able to recognize when I needed help. Right. You know what I mean? So right. I, I had, I had a counter narrative, right. you know, but I, but I recognize that that is the dominant narrative for mm-hmm. most of us, mm-hmm. you know, that we, we, we have, we don't get a break. We right. have to be 10 times better. Right. Um, all of that. Yeah. So now let me ask you, at what point is carrying the strong black woman or superwoman archetype too far and therefore dangerous? Well, self-betrayal in, in every form. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the major ways in which we self-betray is delaying our own care, our mm-hmm. own health care. Mm-hmm. Um you know, waiting to go to to see the doctor because we're mm-hmm. we're we're not even paying attention to our own health and well being. We're so busy taking care of everyone Everybody else. else. Yes. Yes. And so that's the ultimate self betrayal. And that shows up in so many different ways of, of not protecting our, our space, our time um, not delivering on our own dreams and goals because mm-hmm. we're making these sacrifices for others' mm-hmm. dreams and goals, all of that is too far. 
Mm-hmm. All of that takes us down a path that doesn't allow us to actually fulfill our destiny. Our destiny is not to suffer. You know, right. that's that's something that I that I I, I really want to stress because there is this this subconscious imprint that um, says that black women are supposed to suffer, mm-hmm. right? And so that our worth and our value is determined by how we get through that level of suffering or the depths of the suffering. And it doesn't mean that there's not pain or suffering in life. That's, right. that's part of life. Right. But to be in a chronic state of struggle and suffering, that's not our birthright. That's not our destiny. And that's the narrative that we have to begin to reshape. We have to transmute that. We have to transform that because that's what the strong black woman, um, the shadow side of the strong black woman looks like. It looks like chronic suffering and usually suffering in silence. Right. Right. Because again, who who can you tell? Right. Who can right. you you know, as as the, the song Escape, who can I run to? Mm-hmm. You remember that? That was a great song. I guess that was a great song. <laughs> that was a great song. But you know, but that but, you know, you hear you see all of these all of these cues and, and I guess, you know, crying out through song and through other artistic um, expressions and, and we just kinda take it as a song and just roll with it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when you mention about struggle, um, you know, we've seen this, too, uh, about in relationships. You know, that, you know, that if it's not if it's not a struggle, then it's not then it's not love. <laughs> oh, God. You know Can what I'm saying? Please you, you've seen this. that. <laughs> you've seen that. You know, I mean, and there are a lot of women out here who are, you know, in these relationships. And it's like, you know, well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm supposed to struggle through some things now you know of course life happens and there Mm -hmm. are going to be difficulties as an individual there are going to be difficulties that you face in a couplehood um but just to kind of go into that as the expectation is where we kind of cheat ourselves in relationships and i think we cheat ourselves out of the love that we deserve when we are accepting less because this is this is how it's supposed to be you know what i mean right right and 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 the other piece is that there's oftentimes you know part of this strong black woman schema is the resistance to vulnerability mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um the the resistance to to surrender in 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 pure femininity you know, um, feminine energy is is, is 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 both tough and and warrior like, but it's also flowing and gentle and and blooming and blossoming. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, we don't allow ourselves to experience the other side of it. We don't allow ourselves to actually be vulnerable in our partnership. We don't even, we don't allow the the partners in our lives to even care for us. Like we, like you said, you know, I can do it better myself, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't know that that's the truth, right? right. I think that's something that we often convince ourselves of exactly. for a variety of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of being disappointed, mm-hmm. fear of them not getting it right, yep. <laughs> you know, all of that. Or not but, doing it the way you would do it. Even or not doing it the way you would one, do it. Even though there's more than one right way. 
Absolutely. And so, yeah, that resistance to being vulnerable and allowing someone to to love you in in ways that you may not have even known that you needed. Right. Um, Yeah. So how, how can we as women, you mentioned that that softness, how can we tap into that softness and bring that out in ourselves um, and, and allow ourselves to, to live in that space for a little while? Well, I think the first thing is acknowledging that we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> you know, um, most of us aren't even aware that we are in this sort of stoic, rigid, contracted space. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. We're not even aware of it. So the first thing is to acknowledge that we're we're not there, and we want to consider being there. We want to try to be vulnerable. We want to open to these other ways. So the first thing is is to recognize. The second thing is is, is to start doing the work. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we all got stuff, right? We all got right. issues. That's, that's I mean that's why I love my work because I I'm all, I'm like look, show me yours, I'll show you mine. Right, right, right. <laughs> You know, we we all have issues of some some sort, and so when we can start to do the work and bring whatever those issues are that we have not addressed, whether they be from childhood, whether they be from past relationships, whatever, when we allow ourselves to begin to look at those things, look at our patterns of behavior, look at our choices, look at how we move in the world, and begin to allow ourselves to hold that aspect, hold those aspects with a level of compassion and tenderness. Mm-hmm. That's the first way, okay. right? To just I like be gentle with, with ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, and the third thing is to play. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, my nephews, you know, because they're the only little people in my life. You know, I love they that I love to play more than they do. They're I wear them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you know, getting on the swings and getting on the slides and getting out in nature and you know, stepping away from so much rigidity mm-hmm. and so much doing. Mm-hmm. You know, allowing ourselves to play, allowing ourselves to. To really be creative and um, stepping out of the box. Right. Stepping out of the box that has been, you know, set up for us. Right. And, you know, and, and I'll, I'll say again, you know, taking from a personal page, just allowing myself to step away from all of the things that I am, all the things that I'm supposed to be and not having the worry that the world is going to come to an end because I don't show up for X, Y and Z. You know, it, exactly. it, and it, 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 it really is a, a a self-inflation and a self-importance that, you know, if I don't show up for this, then whatever's going to happen. You know, it's going to be doom mm-hmm. and gloom. Everything's going to fall apart. And, you know, when I have allowed myself to just say, you know what, well, if it does fall apart, it's OK. We can mm-hmm. re- we can rebuild it if we have to or we can scrap it and start over. And I have found a, a greater peace for myself and just letting that little bit go. Right. Of, you know, the right. world isn't going to fall apart if you don't show up for that job. You know, because I tell people, you know, when you are are stressed um, and I tell women, you know, that it's kind of like the thing when you get on an airplane. 
where they tell you, you know, if the the, the masks fall out, you got to put your mask on first before right. you try to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, if you are not well, what use are you to anyone else? Right. Exactly. You can't mm-hmm. help anybody else. So if you're on going back to that airplane scenario, if you don't put your mask on and you're gasping for air, how are you going to help the person next to you? You can't. You can't. Because you, you can't. can't do both of those things. And, and, and it is kind of trying to redirect from a sense of selfishness because most people, most women, I know I have this, think that if I take care of myself first, then that is selfish. But really, it's self-love. It's self-love. You it's know, self-love. Because it's self-love. If, if I am not well, I cannot be an effective mother. I cannot be an effective doctor. I cannot be an effective wife. I can't be an effective friend. I am no good to anybody. And so, you know, just kind of trying to change that mindset of me first instead of me last has been, you know, just a challenge for myself um, that I'm still kind of working on, really. So, and what you're also doing is teaching people how to treat you. Yes. Okay. Ooh, yes. Um, <laughs> because that's what, you know, there is this, again, there is this running story that we can carry it all, that we do it all, that we don't need help, that we don't bend, we don't break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people treat you that way. Yes. Right? They treat you based on that that what that idea sure. right sure right so when you shift that when you decide no i'm going to take care of me no i'm going to put my own mask on no i'm going to reclaim my time right. <laughs> okay? right you are teaching people how to treat you you mm-hmm. are showing by action how you will be treated and how you won't be treated and why that's so important not just for teaching others how to treat you it's important for modeling for your daughter right okay because we that's the only way to shift this paradigm is to do something different Mm -hmm. if we continue to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders and 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 you know not ask for help and we're not vulnerable you know we're doing everything all on our own even though it's weighing us down and making us sick that's what we're setting our daughters up to do, too. Right. Our daughters and sons, actually, but especially right. our girls. Especially our girls. Okay? Sure. Especially our girls. Sure. And so if we, want, if we want better for them, we have to be and do better for them. Exactly. So next question, what does burnout look like? Because I know some people are probably living in burnout and they don't even know it because they don't know what it looks like, what it feels like, what it is. Speak to that a little bit for us, Dr. Green. You know, it's so interesting because if you if you, you know, if you go online and you you Google burnout, it'll give you, you know, all of this laundry list of, of symptoms. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, in my reality, um, burnout is very, it looks different in every person, sure. but especially in black women because of this mindset, right? Because mm-hmm. of this idea that we have so much resilience and we're not allowed, you know, mm-hmm. to falter. Um, but from my experience, what I see mostly is procrastination, mm-hmm. a lack of motivation, a lack of direction, um, we're we're not we're not so much 
into saying we feel down, we feel depressed, mm -hmm. right? Right. We feel tired. Right. We feel tired, right? right? Um, and we also have a lot of body aches, mm -hmm. okay? A lot, of, a lot of physical pain because we, we tend to internalize our emotions. Right. Um, and so it comes out in, 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 in physical, in the physical. So I don't sleep well or I have headaches or I have stomach pains or I have IBS. You know, mm -hmm. all of these things are usually a sign of burnout be but we, because we've, sure. we've internalized it so much. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It does not, it does, it looks, it may look like a zebra. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And so, you know, I, I, I generally say to people, you know, are you happy? Mm -hmm. And if the answer to that is no, right. then, you know, let's look at burnout. Let's look at, you right. know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, let's look at what's really going on in, inside because there's so much oftentimes to unpack. Because mm -hmm. like you said, you know, the same way that, you know, my people, my hoarders get, you know, overwhelmed with stuff. Mm -hmm. we're we're always emotionally hoarding as well Ooh, and so like there's emotional a whole lot hoarding. we're all yes uh, in fact all physical hoarding is emotional hoarding it's just a physical manifestation mm -hmm. right right and okay. so that that but most of us are internally hoarding we're emotionally hoarding we're we're, hoard, we're hoarding you know sad stories past traumas um distorted ideas you know, inner conflict. We're hoarding all. We're hoarding all kinds of emotional turmoil, and mm -hmm. and it's leading to what what is classified as burnout. Mm -hmm. But it just looks different in each of us. Right. It looks different in each of us. So, right. wow, wow. I, I I need to sit with that for a minute. But I'm I'm going to do that. We're going to move on. But no, just you know, just just emotional hoarding physical hoarding as emotional hoarding and being it i never consider myself an emotional hoarder but i probably am you know because everybody in a life if you've lived and you know so if you live long enough something's gonna happen to you absolutely and, and so you know how we how we go through that emotion um you know like I give an example. So my daughter was sick in the earlier part of this year, you know, hospitalized long time and, you know, surgery and all of that. And, you know, people would ask me, you know, how are you doing? And I would tell them, you know what, when after I get through this, I'm going to go somewhere and have the nervous breakdown that I deserve. But mm -hmm. right now I just got to get through this. Right. And so I imagine, you know, the emotional horde that that experience gave me right and then mm -hmm. moving forward i will probably just move right on to the next thing and right mm -hmm. on to the next thing and right on to the next thing and not really take the time to sit and unpack that experience right and right. you know and i think that a lot of people are probably just going from one from one experience and one trauma to the next to the next to the next to the next and the next thing you know you're sitting in, in burnout or you're sitting in a house full of stuff that has no value and no use, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're on the show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's ultimately 
the path, right? Yep. So there's, it's it's ignored. It's ignored. It's not attended to. It's it's pushed through, or we think we're pushing through, mm-hmm. until you get to the point where it's you're on the brink of a nervous breakdown, right? Right, and right. nobody's noticed. No one has noticed. No right. one has noticed until right? until it's all out in the open in an but, ugly way. Until it's yeah. until it's all out in the open, and you know, and. And, and then you can start the process right. of processing each of these issues, each of these items that you've held on to. Right, right. So next question, how can I help a friend who may not recognize or acknowledge that this is happening to her? You know, I tend to operate more from asking people what is it that they desire, Mm-hmm. Right? Because we oftentimes know what we don't want, mm-hmm. but rarely do we know what we do want. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we start to discuss what we, what we want, what we desire, then we're able to recognize, I got all this stuff that I don't even want. That's in the way. I got all mm-hmm. of, <laughs> that's in the way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have all of these projects. I have all of these commitments. I have all of this stuff pulling on me. Um, and so oftentimes we're not able to recognize where all the, the energy leaks are right. until we start to look at what, what is it that I desire? Right. You know, when we, when we make what's unconscious, Conscious. Conscious. Yes. So, the the best way to to help someone, um, to help a friend, is to help them see what it is that they they really want, because yeah. that will then allow them to see what it is that they have in their lives that they actually don't care about and actually don't value. And that's good advice for helping yourself as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Because what you don't want to ever do is you don't want to tell somebody, look, you've got a problem. This is wrong with you. <laughs> Molly, you in danger, you know, girl. That, that's right. not very effective. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, but, but allowing them the space to right. come into a recognition of what is imbalanced and off right. um, in their lives or what's, you know, what's no longer working allows them to be in a seat of power, allows them to be empowered right. to be able to come into a place of even being able to, one, recognize it, and two, do something about it. Right. Last question. This has been wonderful, by the way, and, and I think we could do this again if you have time. We, we, could, we could do this. But last question for this session. Other than therapy, what strategies can I employ to help myself? I'm big on reclaiming our time, Mm -hmm. reclaiming and protecting your time, Mm -hmm. setting up time that is just yours, whether it's 30 minutes, whether it's an hour, but consistent regular time every day where nobody gets to talk to you, where nobody gets to interrupt you, where it's just your time. You can pray, you can dance, you can do nothing, whatever, Mm -hmm. but, but allowing yourself, carving out that time, reclaiming that time and protecting that time, because that's when you can actually begin to hear your own thoughts, right? right? right. That's when you can begin to feel your own feelings without all of the, the, the without being inundated with all the network stress, mm-hmm. right? All of everybody else's problems, mm-hmm. you know, falling on you. So pro- reclaiming and protecting that time consistently. Um, 
and getting out in nature. I know I said this before, but we tend to be so out of sync with the natural cycles of life, mm-hmm. right? We're on a computer. We're inside buildings. We're not getting sunshine. We're not getting fresh air. We're not putting our feet in the dirt. We're not, you know what I mean? We're not putting right. our hands in the dirt. And right. we are rooted people, right. right? Like it is a part of our ancestral DNA to right. be in the land. And the we earth. are yes. so, yeah, to be in the earth. And we're so very disconnected from that. And just, just, Slowly but surely, you know, doing certain things outside, getting outside, playing outside can 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 work miracles mm-hmm. in in people's lives. I'm a part of a, 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 a huge group of on on um, social media, you know, black women who love their outdoors or mm-hmm. something like living outdoors. Yes. I love this group. And, and and the joy that these women are experiencing, you know, being outside and and decorating their little sacred space, you know, on right. their little patios and balconies, balconies. You, I mean, you can just feel the joy. You can feel yes. the, it's palpable. Yes. It's palpable. So that's been missing. It's been missing. And we've got to get back to it. We've to, got to get back to, to finding it. finding your element. I yes, like absolutely. Like absolutely. Well, Dr. Melva Green, it has been lovely catching up with you. And again, yes. I, I, I think we can do this again. Um, I'm, you know, I'm we'll, in. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk offline about, about doing this because I think that, you know, one, this has been helpful for me, but I think that this has been or can be tremendously helpful for women who don't know how to find their way out and yeah. find their way to better. Because sometimes you yeah. just kind of have to hear it in a way that, you know, just sounds like two girlfriends talking. Right. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. So that way it doesn't feel as sterilized and clinical, but it is. Right. And that's right. one of the that was one of the <laughs> goals of this show. Right. You know, that was my right. goal with this show is that, you know, I want right. it to be like we're just having a conversation and, and I'm letting people listen in that I'm I'm having a conversation with my friends. Right. But, you know, but hopefully you're picking out a pearl or two that will be helpful for you. And and this session has been amazing. And like I said, we will talk offline about how we do this going for further, going okay, deeper. Let's do it. Um, and, and definitely. And thank you. Thank you so much for getting up early because yes, I know so you're in welcome. a different time zone for me. And <laughs> I do appreciate your time and expertise and and you know and 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 all of that so um thank you so much we're going to go to commercial break and then when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about uh the strong black woman archetype and i'll give you all my vitamin c and blessings for the week thanks dr green you're welcome bye everybody Rejuvenation for youthfulness and beauty is trending worldwide. People are getting laser hair removal, Botox, dermal fillers, skin brightening, tightening, lifting, and reshaping. SmartPlex ATL, a comprehensive medical spa, located in East Cobb, 4799 Old Town Parkway. You can also visit us online at SmartPlexATL.com. Dr. Alexander and his team enjoy pampering you while you receive customized treatments in a beautiful, calming, zen-like atmosphere. SmartPlex ATL, we are your Hollywood destination for exciting, youthful rejuvenation. Why choose Just for Pets Wellness Center? 
compassionate pet care services featuring an experienced veterinary team to superior customer service in a caring and friendly environment. We offer individual attention and tailored treatment for each pet. Visit our website for more information at www.justthenumber4petsfl.vet or give us a call at 239-270-5721. back. This is Dr. Carissa and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. I had to have a little moment with Queen B. I love that song Flawless because yes I am. Yes you are. Um, and we just had a phenomenal session with Dr. Melva Green talking about the strong black woman slash superwoman archetype and how that damages our mental health. So just going a little bit further Studies have shown that the pressure to live up to that archetype, that narrative of the strong black woman, the superwoman, can be isolating and can lead to depression. Um, the ideal of, quote unquote, being naturally strong and self-sacrificing can lead to a higher risk of mental illness as attempting to embody this role is simultaneously aspirational and overwhelming for some. Um, so there was a study in, in 2018 um, and the big title is Underneath the Mask of the Strong Black Woman. Um, and it is co-authored by Jasmine Abrams, Ashley Hill, and Morgan Maxwell um, out of the University of Maryland. Um, and it cited how um, African-American and, and African-American women, um, they cited how being strong helped the ancestors to survive slavery um, and and all of that has come that has come afterwards, civil rights and Jim Crow and all of this and women's empowerment. And the women studied in, in this um, in this paper also mentioned that there was an expectation of uh, self-reliance, independence and being overworked in the the self-sacrificing service of others. Um, the participants agreed in this study that the statement about being a strong black woman went hand in hand with also self-silencing uh, statements. For example, holding in anger, pretending to be happy or quote unquote, OK, when you are not OK. Um, and that self-silence more often than not was the path uh, from strength to mental illness, um, most notably depression. In the community, um, the stigma of mental illness also leads um, many people to not seek help, be that men, women, children, um, all ethnicities. Um, and the barriers to medical health care um, are the same for mental health care, particularly in uh, communities of color. Um, there are lacks of access to services. There is a lack of, of availability of services. Um, there are social issues. Uh, and then there's also a lack of culturally competent care because, of course, um, within every community, there are different stressors that manifest themselves um, in, in, in the same way. So let's talk about numbers a little bit. I'm a, I'm a numbers girl. So here we are. Um, 7.5 million African-Americans have a diagnosed mental illness. Um, and in 2009, a study by De Silva, DeCrane and Spielberg, Spielberger, excuse me, noted that in a 1990 poll, so we're going back, what, 30 years, um, that 63% of African-Americans believed that depression was a personal weakness and only 30% 
believed that depression was a health problem. Um, that probably is hopefully a little bit better, um, but is still a pervasive um, a thought um, within the community. So what can we do? Um, of course, there is one resource that I've looked into um, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and they can be found at www.nami.org. Um, and this website, I went on it. Um, you can look at things um, based upon your ethnicity as well, because again, uh, culturally competent care in mental health is just as important as it is in physical health, right? Um, so do go to that site. Um, and, you know, they have community resources and how you can connect to therapy and, and so on and so forth. Great site. Um, and, of course, on our Facebook page, I will post um, a link to that site as well. The Facebook page is Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Uh, go ahead, sign up, and, you know, you'll be able to see uh, replays of all the videos of all old shows, um, any articles, and, you know, that kind of thing that I post. So now, getting into our vitamin C. This week's vitamin C is about grace. So James Carville um, is quoted as saying, the only person that ever stumbles is a guy moving forward. You don't stumble backwards. You stumble forward, and you never stumble when you're stationary. So don't worry about stumbling. Keep pushing forward. I'm a big proponent, uh, that's the end of the quote, this is me talking here, um, I'm a big proponent of self-care, but what I have learned um, is that self-care is more than mani-pedis and spa days and finding time for quiet reading, although all of those things are enjoyable and important as well. Um, the greatest gift that we can give ourselves, especially women, is grace. Um, oftentimes we are our own worst and harshest critic, and the advice that I would give to my younger self is to be kind to yourself. You are enough, you are doing your best, and when you are not, you are doing what you can with what you have in the time that you are given, and that is enough. Have a blessed week. Again, thank you so much for joining me this week. We will be back next Thursday, God willing, at 11 a.m. on real1100.com. I am Dr. Carissa, and you are listening to Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Have a great week, everybody. This is Dr. Carissa. Thanks for joining me this week on Medical Minutes with Dr. Carissa. Join me next week for more comfortable yet in-depth conversation. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to another Old Fashioned Health Network show on The Real 1100.